All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, and I have back on the podcast Mr. Ivan Gavranich. Is it Gavranich or Gavranik? Uh, I think it's Gavranich. Gavranich. I actually don't know. Yeah, like, how do you introduce yourself in Australia? Uh, Ivan Gavranich. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that that's what I was wondering. I mean, yeah, obviously it's Gavranich originally, most probably, especially if you have some yeah. Croatian roots, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I've been talking with a lot of Croatians lately. Just had Darko Darko Botic on oh, yeah. the podcast. Yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's his business? He's working with uh, Macros Inc. at the moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. With um, who's the other guy? That's partner. Oh, no. I think the founder is uh, Brad Dieter. Yeah, and I think he's another one too. I think it's a couple of them, right? Well, there's three of them. Yeah, I, I don't I don't follow them that closely. Um, was he was he on the course when we did the the Hendelman's course, Menos? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Um, yeah, it, it, he has a very remarkable story. I was not really aware of his um, whole history, and then I came came across this podcast. Which um, so when I was interviewing Stefan Giene, Stefan Giene, then uh, I was looking for other podcasts just to kind of prepare for the interview a little bit more and I came across this podcast which had the name the man who lost 200 pounds so okay whatever clicked on it and it was him interviewing Stefan and that's how I found out about his story of losing 200 pounds um so we ended up yeah man it's gonna come out uh in like two days so and we talked for like two hours and 20 minutes so if you have a long cardio session it will be a good good listen (laughs) I'll check it out yeah yeah yeah, Ivan. So it's it's good to be, have you back. Um, and I kind of made a promise to you that this time we're gonna skip the topics related to. Oh my God, you're so shredded. How do you do this? Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed our last episode. Honestly, it was one of my favorite ones. I even, I mean, I'm kind of narcissistic in that way, and sometimes I re-listen to my own podcast. But that <laughs> one I re-listen to more times actually. Um, but you. But you did not have such a great experience on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of gave you a ne- never, never another podcast interview again uh, experience. Um, is, is that correct? Yeah. Oh, sort of. It was. Um, I think people just took it a lot out of context, and I think it, you know you're never going to be able to please everyone on YouTube. Back then, I, I think back then that was sort of my first real podcast discussing what I've done and what I was doing and why I was doing it, and I was just sort of like this is none of anyone's business. Like, why do they give a shit? You know, like I wasn't, uh, I don't remember promoting that everyone should do this or this is the way that everyone should live or et cetera, et cetera. So it was just sort of getting that backlash. It was just a bit like, eh, whatever, you know, what's the point, right? What's the point of going online and uh, sharing your story and all that sort of stuff just to be like, oh, you're the opposite of fitness. That was one one quote that I remember, or you're the opposite of health or something like that. And it's like, that's cool. You know, I'll live my life. You live your life. But eh, maybe I was a little bit sensitive back then for obvious reasons. So (laughs) probably have a bit of a thicker skin now. But yeah, it was it was a little bit interesting. Yeah, honestly, it was mind blowing to me. And um, but look, man, you're not you're not the only one. Pe- people judge whenever if whenever they feel like they can judge someone um, for for anything, they they will do it. But yeah, yeah, man, it it made me pissed off. Some of those comments. It's um, honestly, I, I just don't understand. There are so many things you could get offended about or pissed off about. Like serious, like 
one guy decides to live the fitness lifestyle in a particular way, mm. like for his own yeah. pleasure, yeah. <laughs> and you find that annoying for yourself, like, is what the hell is wrong with you? Seriously, it's it's just just mind blowing. So yeah, I think it always it's always going to come down to that sort of just envy, envy, jealousy, or some you know some sort of innate hatred for people potentially doing something that you want to do, but for some reason that you can't. And I don't know, that, that's my opinion on that, but it is what it is. Peter. Yeah, but I, I think, and we also touched on this the last time, I think you embody really well kind of the reasons for which anybody should do anything related to fitness and that is for themselves. So um, it's, it's really hard. like I'm also trying my hardest to not get influenced by what I think the internet or by following expects me to do, you know, not not get lean because I think it will get me more followers or this and that. And, and that's why, honestly, I'm trying not to post a lot of like half-naked pictures and all of those things. And I'm just, is this something that means something to me? Yes or no? If yes, then yeah, I should do it. If not, then that, that's a stupid reason to do it. And I think um, your example for that is is so great because if anybody... You could be posting new selfies and flexing pictures every day, and you don't at all. And you you're even reluctant to talk about it, which is, um, which honestly is is making it even more inspirational. So good on you, seriously. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And yeah, well, even even still to this day, like I um I'll still be re- relatively covered up all the time, like. Again, being a, we all know the, the natty curse, right? Being an, and I'm not even like a natty bodybuilder. I'm like a natty gymnastics, acrobatic sort of person fit, in fitness, meaning that I look even smaller in clothes, right? So, <laughs> you know, people don't even know that you train when you when you wear when you wear clothes, but it's sort of when you when you take it off, they're like, okay, what the hell's? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, I purpose, I'm purposely like that, you know, and I don't like bringing attention to that, and also don't, I don't like people judging me on that like i'd rather people sort of just uh, not judge me at all but sort of what's the right word listen to what i have to say regardless of sort of what i look like if i'm trying to spread a message or if i'm trying to coach or if i'm trying to educate all that sort of stuff so i don't want to rely on a certain image or a certain look for people to be like okay he knows what he's talking about and even though we know that helps in the fitness industry like i don't want that to be the only factor or the, the only thing that people know me for if that makes sense so, yeah one thing, um, one thing that I noticed, and I actually had a, a, a client call, like a group call, a couple of days ago, and um, it's interesting because so one of my clients said that he he was really lean before, and now he put on some fluff, and he said that he's less motivated to work out, and it was interesting because we kind of got to talk. It was near the end of the call, so it was we were kind of just like shooting the shit, the shit for the last couple of minutes. And, and it was interesting because we got to talk about the implications of, of being lean and how that influences a lot of things. And I mentioned that when I'm lean or when I'm dieting, I feel a lot more, I guess, driven to, to make videos, to talk about these things because I, I feel like I'm living the fitness lifestyle more in a way, whereas where I'm just kind of hanging around at a, you know, healthy, but not particularly athletic, well, athletic, but not super aesthetic body composition, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm pushing myself per se, then it's just like, oh, whatever, like, like, why even talk about these things? Like, at the end of the day, all these details don't matter anyway, like, it's, it's all being said, it's all being done. Um, have you, so you as someone who is coaching people, have you noticed that your 
like more driven towards this whole industry and toward this towards this whole endeavor of, of helping people through their fitness journeys ever since you've been like really dialing in your fitness to the absolute like top tier level yes that's actually a really good question and we'll probably go back to what you said about you know thinking i think your brief your framing of the fitness lifestyle is being like lean and treaded when you know we'll, we'll probably go back on that because I, I don't think that has to be the fitness lifestyle doesn't have to be defined by that you know uh, i do understand what you mean though because there is something that i'm sure you're experiencing now as you're dieting down when you when you are dieting down and you are dropping fat and you are in that phase and everything's clicking and your day is becoming more structured and organized because you just you get you know you would have experienced this last time when you got very lean was you become very structured and routine with your time because you don't want other things to get in the way of the things that you have to do because you only have so much. You only have limited resources to give, right? So I think there's definitely something there when people are, are moving throughout their sort of weight loss journey and they're getting very, very lean. It's you, There is this, this mental kick and you feel good. You're functioning on all cylinders. Everything is working well. You're looking better every week. You can notice changes, differences. And from what I've seen, people do get addicted to that sort of like dopamine hit as well. Sort of every week seeing something drop on the scale or looking better, et cetera, et cetera. People getting more compliments from people. I've noticed that is a big thing that that's sort of concerning. Um, and I think that sort of relays back to your friend as well saying, He's not motivated to train if he's not lean. Well, it's like, well, then what's what's really driving him to train? You know what I mean? What? So you only go to the gym so you can look at yourself and be lean, so people can look at you being lean, and that's the only reason you go to the gym. It's uh, uh, again those sort of things, they don't last, or those sort of motivations never last. And if we are, if you do look at the research on extrinsic intrinsic motivation, you do find that. People who are sort of geared towards that extrinsic validation or they want people to recognize their efforts, that, that wears thin eventually because they're doing it for the absolute wrong reasons, in my opinion. Because if, you, if this was something that you really wanted to do, if this was something that you really loved, you would do it for you. And then being lean or getting lean would just be a result of that versus you just trying to chase that. That makes sense. I know it's a bit of a tangent, so. No, no, no it, it's, it's very true. Um... And that said, like, have you, so I, I think this is one reason why people find maintenance or holding on to, or, or just not, not getting, not rebounding, basically. I think one reason they find it so hard is, is because they lose, I mean, okay, okay I'm portraying this as if it, this is some new, new finding of, of mine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a cliche in the industry for ages, but people lose that short-term motivation and they just feel so lost without that and obviously if you're getting to your personal peak leanness up until that point then even staying there can be a a nice like goal for each day basically like wow i'm still lean this is amazing but have you ever found that with yourself that there was a difference when chasing that goal or pursuing that goal versus actually getting there and just staying there have, have you ever found that for yourself no and, and that's the thing like what i remember what i did differently a while back was people would sort of try to celebrate that first sort of checkpoint or when you get to your leanest people would try to celebrate that with like a photo shoot or they would have some sort of artificial end goal to their diet and it was yeah, yeah cool i'm just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and the thing is when you know there is a deadline and you know there is an end date for it for whatever it is you're doing you will push hard which is you know i think deadlines definitely still still have their place in this whole transformation world 
and it does it does sort of show you what can be done when you really dial things in and you really push yourself and i think the biggest benefits that do come from a from a hard dieting phase whether it's for for a competition whether it's you just doing it for yourself it is that that character development that happens in those final few weeks and months where you are literally fighting your own body's sort of natural responses to get you to eat more to just not train as much to not move as much and you having you having to override those things and you know seeing what you're seeing what you're made of with that sort of orchestrated suffering i think is is a really great test of mental character and in my opinion that is that is the biggest benefit that comes out of that whole endeavor but to answer your question i i personally never felt that like oh i've got to my goal now what this is i have nothing to aim for you know it, it just wasn't like that because throughout that entire process i still remember it really vividly it was transformative and i think that's what led me to still stay the way i am now is because i found that living that fitness lifestyle and what exercise just did for me mentally physically on just all levels i found so much intrinsic motivation to just do all those things because they added value to my life in other ways that and to be fair like staying lean and being lean from doing the activities that I'm doing I I don't do any of them I would say probably the nutrition side but I don't do any of them because I have it, it makes it allows me to stay lean if that makes sense yes they obviously do but I just do all of them because I just enjoy being I, I like feeling like an athlete I, I like I like cycling I like you know doing my gymnastic stuff but facing skills becoming better every single week every single day like all those things get me going far more than just oh, i've got to hop on the bike to burn x amount of calories or i've got to go for a walk to burn x amount of calories i've got to get my steps in it's like no no no. i want to go for a walk because i fucking feel like going for a walk <laughs> you know it, it feels good to just go out and actually walk especially during you know how many people are in lockdown now it's an actual fucking privilege to train and to move and to be able to do those things so yeah, I, I never ever got that feeling of having having no goal after I've reached my goal because I had still so many other goals that I wanted to hit. You know, like being getting getting super lean and staying there was one of my goals. But after I got there, I was like, okay, fantastic, I'm here now. I don't really have to worry about that. Now I can now bring up my food, but I still want to keep exercising because I love it. And now I have more mental bandwidth to chase my other um, goals, like, you know, Iron Cross and like all these other calisthenics, uh, acrobatic stuff, which is just fun. So I don't have to worry about being lean. It's just sort of like, I think I remember you mentioning it in one of your videos a while back. People who can stay lean relatively easy, it's just, it's not even like an afterthought. It's just, it's just something that happens in the background as they live their life. And I think that that was a really, really true comment. I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember saying that? I think it was your video with Joe Lindner, maybe. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just an afterthought being lean. It's not saying that I'm purposefully chasing going, waking up every day going, oh, got to work on staying lean again today. You know, it's just, I just get up and I, I just do my things and I wake up the next day and I'm still lean. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, in saying that though, have you, so, so speaking of like the motivation, it, it's very true. The interesting thing about that guy that I mentioned, so he's not even, so he's in lockdown, so he's working out at home. And I think the thing that happened to him on the, the motivation front, and I definitely noticed this with myself, is you, you get into that kind of, uh, so being lean is not just an afterthought. It's kind of something that you feel like you have to, 
fight for almost every day, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. probably because you don't have the the right motivations in the first place. Um, maybe you don't have the right systems, or maybe you're just trying to stay too lean for what your body can realistically maintain and still feel good. Yes. And um, yeah, basically everything in your day becomes about what can I do in this hour to help me burn a bit more calories and eat more and, and stay lean and whatever. And then I think the the strength training workouts even become calorie burning, which is, is definitely a mindset that I had. Uh, yeah, the last time I got really lean, um, uh, it was definitely the case. So I was I was doing way more volume. I probably should have done half the volume in the gym that I should have or that I've actually done, but I was like, well, at least I'm burning more calories, which is a really stupid way of looking at things. So I think that's where his loss of motivation comes from. But yeah, man, exactly. So if you can get to a place where it's just an afterthought and it just happens in the background, and I think you're you're winning the game. Um, yeah, and just, just real quick, just again, what you, what you touched on, I think your third point before, and I, sort of, I want to make this very clear to other people because maybe this was lost Maybe this was lost in translation last time. The third point you made there was trying to stay too lean for what you're really comfortable with. Like we know, we, we, we obviously know like there is no real like set point or settling point in the research as of yet. You know, people are still struggling to find that. But, you know, based on the people that we've spoken, that we've seen all the people I've worked with, all the people you've worked with, all the people that we see who do stay lean. There is, there is differences in how lean someone can stay without having negative impacts, you know, or as, as negative impacts, you know, so someone at 5% body fat can feel just as good or as bad as someone at 10% or 15%. You know what I mean? So I think that is just a very, very, um, right word important point for people to remember and i i would say i put myself in that category of yes being able to stay lean with very very little adverse effects which then allows me to focus on those other things with regards to my training because i can assure you if i was trying to stay way 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 too lean for me which is you know almost at death then yes i would i would feel those after effects and i'll be like i can't actually focus on these things that i want to focus on because i am trying to stay too lean so i just want to make that clear that i'm not some sort of like freak that i just you know grip my teeth just to stay a certain way for the no social media following i have but you know i just don't want people to think that okay he's just staying that way but he's suffering deep down because if i ever was suffering and if i stopped progressing in my in my own training if i felt like i was about to collapse all that sort of stuff there is no chance that i would stay like this if if i was feeling that way because feeling good being able to function being able to perform at my job being able to deliver be the best coach that i can be all requires me to still function well and all that stuff is way way more important than looking having extra extra veins on my abs you know what i mean so just want to make that clear yeah yeah you know that that's that's a great addendum and actually it's exactly what i wanted to bring up um did you find through coaching people that you had to have that conversation with certain people because so many times so many times so many times yeah because yeah, i'm sure a lot of people uh, tuned into your podcasts that you discussed this on and they were like wow like uh, that, that that's what I want to do as well yeah and then um, you know had to give them a reality check so how, how did that go <laughs> it was really difficult man that's a really good question um, because a lot of a lot of the people I've been I haven't, I haven't had many who are like I want to do exactly what you do 
you know, obviously. But I, ha- I did have a few people who did want to, yeah, be as be as very very similar leanness, but not do as much work as I was putting in. Does that make sense? You know, they sort of wanted to look that way and not really wanted to to train as much or train as hard. Yeah, yeah. Or do all those things consistently. And I'm like, that that's fine. You can still you, you could still do it by just dieting, you know, dieting and just resistance training every now and then. We all know that. We all know it's smart. You can still stay lean regardless of. Yeah, obviously doing more activity helps, but more about just the energy balance in general. But it wasn't even just that. It was, you know, some of the people that I was working with, you know, a lot of them were like high, high-end medical doctors. So like the smartest, the most intelligent of the intelligent, right? And they still couldn't grasp the concept of your body doesn't want to be at a certain leanness, right? You know, like people would try to, oh, and I, you know, being, I've, I went back and forth with one individual for a very, very long time. I'm still working with him, but it took like a lot of just, um, you know, WhatsApps and a lot of voice notes and going back and forth on certain things it was really it was really difficult because he just had this idea in his mind because he got he got in shape for like a photo shoot and he got very he got got very lean you know but he was i wasn't his coach at the time so when the thing is as as we were saying earlier he got into shape and he really really struggled after that whole checkpoint was done right there was no because there was no intrinsic motivation to keep doing it and he just ended up rebounding like really really bad because he was one of those individuals that was very, very like outcome focused. You know, those sort of people, those super high achievers, right? Who are like, if I have a goal, that's, I want to chase that. And I'm not going to stop until I get it. But we know that maintenance is not like that. Maintenance is so different because it's a, it's a, it's a never ending goal when you think about it. And I've always said this is the, the longest relationship you have with anyone is yourself, which is, is quite a daunting concept when you think about it. And to tell someone, hey, if you want to stay like this, there is no like end goal. There is no like further goal with body composition anymore. This is it. And a lot of people just really, really struggle to grasp that. So that, that's one issue that I've had with a lot of people. But yeah, he was also trying to stay at a level of leanness that just was not realistic for him. You know what I mean? He just was such a, he was, you know, it was barely, he was just over a thousand calories by the time he finished his diet. I'm like, dude, that's no way to live. Like, yes, you, you got in shape, but, and yes, could have, could have been done better with better coaching potentially, but even still, if you finish your diet and like 1200, 1300 calories as a 60 kilo dude, like that's effing low. And he just, and again, like his body was hating it. He's everything, all the signals were there for like, just body doesn't want to be here. Couldn't train hard, um, wanted to binge all the time, could not, could, so food focused, like unbelievably food focused. The point of just like, yeah, just going off his entire diet for like a whole week, two weeks, even even when calories were a little bit higher, you know what I mean? So it was this whole binge restrict cycle for such a long time. And it just got, it, I just sort of had to tell him, it's like your body is fighting you because it just doesn't want to be there. But what he had in his mind, because obviously he's listened to my podcast, he's seen what I've done. He was just like, well, Ivan's done it and therefore anyone can do it. I've, I've got the mental strength to do it too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the mental strength. You're, you're, you know, you're a bloody neurosurgeon. You know what I mean? You have the intellect that no one has. Like in the, you're in the top, you know, 99.99% like percentile or whatever that is unbelievable intelligence but your body just doesn't want to be at a certain leanness and it's not like a but he was relating that to him being weak as well he was relating that to him being morally weak and just you know uh uh, just a weak individual in general which is what was sort of fueling that that desire to want to stay there because he was he was relating being super shredded with just some 
I don't know, like moral high ground that he invented for himself, which was really interesting and it was really hard to break that down too. I was like, it doesn't matter if you're lean, um, you know, obese or whatever, like a good person, still a good person. You can be a dickhead and still be shredded. You can be a dickhead and still be fat and it's and vice versa. But he just was seeing, I think, yeah, it was just this whole being lean, being shredded. People just put that whole look on a pedestal thinking that is like the pinnacle of fitness. And he also didn't realize that being shredded also comes with all these other consequences that no one talks about. You know, people still think that the most leanest guy on stage is the healthiest or has the most libido or has all these girls after him. It's just like, no, man, that's the exact opposite. <laughs> so sorry, it's a bit long-winded, but that's probably like one pertinent example. Think of, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it, it it is very tough because obviously we don't see behind the scenes, and it's um, you know nobody is when when people are posting shredded pictures, they are not posting usually like oh man, uh, man, I'm lethargic. It's, it's it's so hard. It's you know I I suffer so much, and maybe a lot of them actually don't. You know, maybe a lot of them actually have it really nicely dialed in, but it's usually. The shredded pictures are also accompanied with kind of messages of general success and like sexuality, and it's it's, yes. it's a guy, guy yes. and a woman posing yeah. together, all of those things, and in in our minds, it, it just gets intertwined. So it's very hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, if you've been bombarded by that your entire life, and then it's it's no surprise that you relate um, shredded being shredded with masculinity. When, when physiology, physiologically, it's probably like the exact opposite, right? <laughs> when you're, when you're in that state. So yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting, but yeah, besides him, yeah, I've had a few other examples too. Um, but a lot of, a lot of people, once I explain the situation and once, once they understand sort of my lifestyle too, like that makes them go, okay, I probably, I, I it's not that I can't do that. It's just, I don't want to do that. And, and that is completely fine. You know, that's if you don't want to do those things that, that I do on a daily and want to do for the rest of my life, et cetera, et cetera, then that's fine. But you need to understand that then this is probably not uh, as much of a priority as you think it is. You know what I mean? Or just exercise in general or just the, the fitness lifestyle in general is probably not as a high priority as you may initially think. There's a big difference to say, there's a big difference to saying, oh, I want to look like that guy versus, okay, I fucking really want to look like that guy. You know what I mean? Tell me what I need to do to actually be like that because that's, I'm willing to just drop everything to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I, I think it's almost like, uh, when you're, and you're looking at a, a billionaire who it's like, yeah, obviously it would be amazing to have a bill to be a billionaire. But then when you actually look into yep. what the guy has to do day in, day out, it's like, yeah, well, doesn't sleep much, always on the phone, meetings yeah. all the time, high stress situations. And it's like, okay, and when, when is that going to end? It's like, never. never if you want to be ends. a billionaire, that, that, that's, that's your life. Um, so obviously, and, and, and usually what I'm trying to tell people on this is, look, I cannot promise you that you can be 8% body fat and everything will be great. I can't promise you that you will be 10%. I can't put a number on this. What I can promise you is if you adopt these right systems and habits, you can be leaner than what you are now. 100%. And where that will be, we will see. Um, so obviously, this is very individual, but have you found kind of a... A sweet spot, um, which you know you hate this question probably just as much as I do. Like, what's what's most people's body fat set point? Like, let's see males first, but um, you know where where like most people can 
most people can get to and not kill themselves and re- realistically maintain? Yeah, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad question. It's just a hard one to answer. Right? It's hard to put a numerical number on it. You know what I mean? Um, I, I've always said to people when once because we we do like to push we do like to push people to get as lean as they can because as i said earlier that is just more again not everyone but obviously if someone comes to us really really um you know skinny and just doesn't have any muscle on them already like we're not going to go okay cool let's diet you down to you know increase your peer ratio (laughs) (laughs) um we're gonna obviously we're gonna start muscle building there but for most people that do come in that work that work with us they do have quite a bit of body fat to, to lose so we'll always we'll always start off with it with a good fat loss phase and yes we we will go much leaner than what is usually recommended what is usually necessary for someone to optimize their muscle building phase later on but only only because we believe that there is a there's a huge mental component to sort of pushing the envelope a little bit and just seeing what you're what you're mentally capable of because that's what it really comes down to during those final phases is you know you're testing your mental strength and you're testing i wouldn't say willpower but it's just it, it is a good test to see what you can do mentally and we found that people who do have the capacity to sort of go there and go deep if if sort of navigated correctly out of that out of that phase we we have seen fantastic progression not just through their muscle building phase but also just through life in general because what that does it, it shows you that you can handle stress and it gives you the confidence to be able to deal with other things in your life and that is one i think that's one thing that many people miss when it comes to you know getting in shape for you know really pushing the limits because it does carry over to how you can handle yourself in other situations if you're like you know if you've proven to yourself that you can do that with your own body well then you're going to have confidence to tackle other stressful scenarios you know in a much better way you know because you're going to say to yourself well i fucking did this i can fucking handle this shit you know and you'll 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 be much more resilient and you wouldn't You'll, you'll keep progressing forward in life. And that's something that we've that we've noticed a lot. And that's why we do try to get people to, if, if obviously within reason, just to see how lean can we get you just from like a mental perspective. And most people, they absolutely love it. And as I said earlier, if we can navigate them correctly out of that so they don't, they don't develop like a binge eating disorder or that we don't give them an eating disorder, which is the last thing we want with anyone. Um, but I think all, that all comes down to the communications that happen afterwards and dur- and throughout the entire process, you know. So we, we do that to, again, build that mental strength. And then when we bring in people up, we will make that disclaimer of like, we want to we want to bring your body fat levels up to a place where all these markers are in check. You know, food focus is down. You're feeling strong again. You're progressing in the gym. You, you're just a you, your mood and energy levels just better. Um, I also track libido with my male clients as well. Um, well, I track my I track menstrual cycle menstrual cycle things with my female clients and and just just general conversation. Like we you know when you're when you're conversing with someone that you can tell if they're doing better if they're doing worse just from their demeanor just from how much detail they're giving you in their check ins all that sort of stuff. So we I, I get someone up to where they are comfortable with regards to all those biomarkers. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. This is this seems like a really good place for you to stay. And then we can decide whether we stay there for life and we chase other fitness endeavors, or if they want to start packing on muscle, then it's like, okay, well, the the chat we got to have now is that for you to actually now pack on muscle, you cannot expect to stay this lean and sort of be productive. Are you happy to potentially, you know, look at adding a bit more body fat? to accumulate a good amount of muscle mass over the next couple of years. So when you do your next cut, you're, you're going you're gonna to look even better. 
you know, and so we try to sort of give them that long-term journey, that long-term view of how we can progress them. Um, and if, if not, if they're happy just to stay lean and be happy with smaller and, you know, much less robust gains, then that is all cool too. And then we have strategies to, to work with that. And again, we can, we can cater to anyone that does want to either stay lean or they just want to get bigger. But yeah, to, an- to answer your question, it, it, it does come down to where, at what level do you hit those biomarkers? Is that 8%? Is that nine percent? Is that ten percent? It doesn't really matter. Or my my goal is for just the client to be to be comfortable and happy. And you also got to take the whole appearance thing into consideration because even if those biomarkers are good, but they don't feel happy with themselves, then that's another conversation as well. It's like, okay, well, what are you actually not really happy about? You know, or if would are you happy then to be a little bit leaner, but then not feel as good? And it's just about having the conversation, right? And it's about just being transparent with that sort of thing. And then hopefully over time, if they just if they just don't like feeling shitty all the time, they will naturally just go, you know what, I just want to put a I want to put a bit of body fat on. Like it's not worth it. And that's that's what I want with everyone. I want everyone to sort of feel good and wherever your body fat sits, it sits, regardless. Hey guys, just a brief interruption. I want to let you know that round two of my group coaching service has now opened up. In this coaching system, you will get a customized training and diet setup tailored for your needs, detailed guidance on training progression and diet management, and you will be able to interact with me and other members of the group, both in written format and on calls during the week. And for a limited time now, you can hop on a call with me and we can talk over your goals and see if you are a good fit for this. So if this sounds interesting to you, then check the link in the video or show description below and you can book a call with me. But if you would rather just send an email, you can also do that. Also check out the show description for that. All right, that's it. Let's continue with the show. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's another important thing to clarify. It's it's like you and me, like, I, I don't care how much you hump, you know, over the week, over the course of the week. Like if you, if you don't mind taking a little bit of a hit on your libido and you would and you know appetite control everything is good but yeah you have a little bit of a lowered libido and it doesn't bother you like i mean it's not my problem if it doesn't bother you then sure <laughs> like you keep at it you know but um maybe one thing i will start yeah. emphasizing more in my own coaching is uh just recommending blood work you know like at the end of your cut and maybe uh like before or if we because because then we have something to compare so yes. so that, that that could be a useful thing um one thing that you mentioned there which 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 i think is also good is um i think one benefit of potentially pushing yourself a little bit further than where you can maybe even realistically settle at the end is that it really teaches you about lifestyle management appetite management and it te- it, it yeah. enforces you or it forces you to adopt a lot of life skills which will become a lot more handy when you're actually trying to maintain. So yeah, you might not be actually intending to stay at 8% body fat. Maybe you will sell, settle at 10, but man, the things that you will have to learn to actually be able to stay at 8% body fat or to get there, like those will be incredibly useful when you only want to stay at 10. So I think, um, I think that was a good point as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think it's a very overlooked thing as well, because again, this is another thing that I want to relay with everyone that I work with is, if the habits that you're ingraining now, these habits are going to have to stick for the rest of your life. It's just the the amplitude or the volume of those of those habits. You know what I mean? So you know, appetite management will have to be dialed full to when you're 
getting in those final few weeks or, or other lifestyle things like, um, you know, your structure throughout your day has to be dialed up. Every, everything literally has to just be dialed to the max when it comes, when you're really trying to optimize everything in those last few weeks. But once you, once you move back up to a more comfortable body fat, then you can turn the dial down on those things. You don't have to be as, um, as sort of, I wouldn't say strict or you, they don't, they don't take up as much mental bandwidth as they used to, meaning that they can now run on autopilot, meaning that you can now allocate your brain to other more important factors. Because I think uh, one of my, one of my, one of my friends who's also into this whole thing, like he, he was here for a while with me and he was just sort of observing how I would sort of live my day to day. And what the conclusion that he came to was just like, you, you don't really think about all the stuff that you're doing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't take up like a mental, there's no like mental capacity to be like, oh, I've got to get up and do this or, oh, I've got to make my meals. Oh, I've got to do this. It's just like, I just do it and then I just get on with my work. And, but again, I have to say that that is, that has come down. That is because I've spent so many years and years and years and years doing this thing. Right. And just, you, you know, this, the, these habits that you've learned over years and years and years, they literally just become automatic and they don't they don't take up so much brain power. And I think a lot of people, when they, if they, when they first get into this whole game, like measuring food can be an absolute nightmare for people when you think about it. Like that, that can be like the end of the world, especially if, if people are bad with math. That's one thing I've noticed is that measuring food for the first time is just like, oh my God, this is taking up all my, all my brain power. I can't do this for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's... Um... So, for example, now I'm I'm cutting, and it, it, looking back, it's really funny because so I've been doing it for like five months at this point, which I think is great because I can really distinctly kind of break down the whole thing into separate phases. So the first phase was just changing up my food selection. Like I knew that okay, if I'm just switching out these higher starch, full fat foods to leaner options. I literally don't have to monitor anything. I will just keep dropping fat for a while. And that worked great for like the first two months. And then, okay, well, now I will have to get a little, like still only manipulating food choices, but let's get a little bit tighter on this. Like maybe don't have that huge like fruit and quark, whatever dessert after my lunch. Let's just have this nice salty meal, move the sweet stuff to dinner. So my lunch is going to be salty. My dinner is going to be more sweet. Cool. I did that for another month and it worked great. And eventually I tracked down my numbers just to see like, okay, where, where am I actually? But when I tracked it down, it was almost like this little bit of a trauma that I had to get over. It was like, man, I was doing it without this and now I'm, I'm starting tracking. Like there was just this mental barrier behind that. And, uh, but then I, I did it and it was like, okay, whatever. Like not, nothing horrible happened just because of this. And, uh, you know, recently I've been bringing out the food scale more and more because, you know, things just have to get a little bit tighter just to keep dropping fat. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, like yourself. Maybe you've been doing it for longer, but it shouldn't be this mental barrier, but it still is. So it's, I think it's only natural that for... Yeah, why do you... Go ahead. Why do you, yeah, what, just real quick. Why do, why do you think that is, like, with someone like yourself? Like, obviously, you're very educated, very well-versed in the whole game. I, I found it quite interesting when you just said there that the bringing out the scale sort of already brought in a bit of anxiety, you know, which is a little, a little bit interesting. Yeah. I like to go a little bit deeper on that. I mean, so I always have to make the disclaimer that in in my case, I did get myself into some pretty badly disordered stuff in the past. And maybe I have a little bit of a PTSD after that. So in the back of my head, there's always the thought of, man, what if, what if this leads to that again? But I think 
even more than that, I think it's just um, literally you getting comfortable with something that you're doing. I think even you mentioned when we first talked that you always had this in your head that your calories cannot go below 3,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, dro dropping it down to 2,400, that was a bit of a mental hurdle that you had to get over, which in retrospect seems so silly. But at the time, it was it, it was just something in your head. And, and I think it, the same thing for me. And also the fact that, you know, I do a lot of videos on, you know, can you get lean without tracking macros? Can you make this work uh, yeah. without tracking macros? And the answer is yes. So it's it's almost like, man, I'm going against myself here. Uh, your identity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, you know, I'm I'm just as much of an irrational human as anybody else. And I think the the biggest battle, honestly, of, of dieting and, and making any sort of real change to, for the positive in your life is staying more rational. And not just not using that, you know, system one, system two, I'm always forgetting which one is which, but that kind of monkey brain, yeah. instinctual, emotional, impulsive brain of yours. Yeah. So I, honestly, I think it comes down to that mainly. Yeah, that's really interesting. Very, very fascinating. I think, um, and also, we know that your your whole thing is sustainable self-development, right? And maybe, maybe you've also made that correlation that being sustainable means not tracking. When in fact, like, just, uh, I was yeah. just thinking for myself as an example, like I, I still weigh out everything, like I still track everything, just because. But it doesn't, it doesn't give me any any stress, right? So for for me, measuring and everything is a sustainable approach. But if I was to try to do what you do, and just sort of like guess things here and there, could I could I do it and stay where I am? Probably, but I still wouldn't enjoy it. I I wouldn't find that as comforting if that makes sense. So as you can see, like there, we, yeah. we are both doing what's sustainable for us, but you know, you, you would, from what I'm hearing, you would deem calorie tracking and macro tracking as something like not sustainable because that's more for like the extreme. When in fact, the, for me, that's just really, really easy. And I, I find it sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is something I made an Instagram post about lately that it's really easy to, for the whole message of sustainability to get lost in translation yeah. because sustainable sustainable is relative to the person and sustainable simply just has to mean that what you're doing now you can foresee maintaining in the yes. future and the reason i started emphasizing sustainability is because it was a massively overlooked aspect of fitness from all the content that i've seen like everybody was talking about how you can optimize this and this and this for the next you know, four weeks, but what's going to happen after that? And so I started talking about it that I honestly wish I in retrospect that I didn't name this whole thing sustainable uh, for one, because it brings in all kinds of like environmentalists and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when I still had my Facebook group, they, they thought that uh, my group was about uh, sustainable energy and uh, like, no, fuck, it's about fitness. But um, and, and, and also like, uh, it's really easy to oversell the whole concept, like people, I can't tell you how many times I had these conversations with clients where I would uh, give them the plan and I would make some suggestions of like, look, this is how I recommend that you structure your meal or meals. And they were like, wow, so like only this much, this much starch in my meals? Like, is that, is that sustainable? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I've been, di I've been dieting and I'm getting a bit hungry. I don't know if this is supposed to happen. And it's like, man, sustainability on, in the long term, doesn't mean that you can never push yourself, you can never apply yourself, like yeah. anything that's worth pursuing in life, you will have to push yourself closer to your limits. Yes, it's not just like it's not just being comfortable all the time, then you're never gonna get anywhere. Yes. So yeah, 
that's a very good disclaimer. Yeah, I see what you mean. But then, if you could go back, then what would you name it then? I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really bad with this whole naming thing. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, because I, I, I know you, and I know you, and I know you, I know the message. I think it's a fantastic overall message. But yeah, I can see how people do get lost in the in the translation of it because yeah, it's or or I could just picture now you giving someone a meal plan with like numbers and stuff. They're like, what do you mean I have to weigh my food? Or what do you mean I have to track it? I thought this is supposed to be sustainable. When in, the thing is that they have just come on board as a new client and what they what they deem sustainable now is not what they're going to be deeming sustainable in a year's time or two years time because that is also like a moving target as you get better and better at things things just do get more sustainable as your habits are in, improved right so yeah you sort of you sort of fuck yourself yeah. man <laughs> i mean yeah I, I, honestly i i think it's um quite likely that i will change that name and because you know like greg knuckles changed the name of his site like three times i think it was strength theory at first and oh, yeah. it was uh well not now it's stronger by science but i think he had a third name at some point so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's never too late it's never no. too late no. I, I just don't know what to change change it to because like these uh physique optimization like whatever hypertrophy engineering like i i don't want one of these uh so I, I do want it to reflect my message, but um, first of all, like self-development, like it's mainly about freaking fitness, okay? So it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I don't want to be too general for one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if anybody's listening and has some good suggestions, <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's just really interesting to just overview the whole thing of like what stages I, I had to go through. And um, now it, you know, tracking and, and weighing things seems just a lot more natural. And, and it's just like the default and getting back to the whole sustainability aspect, like you like for me right now, if I didn't track, so just to give you an example, my, the scale was going down really nicely. And then, uh, it just started like fluctuating my scale weight all over the place. Like literally today I hit a weight on the scale, which is higher than what it was like four weeks ago, which is, um, I know that I know that I'm in a deficit. I can just tell by how hungry I feel and how soon I want my breakfast when I wake up and and those things. So there is no question that I'm in a deficit, but it's still this has emotional cost, yeah. you know, mental cost, uh, just cognitive load on me that I I don't need and you know, it it goes so far as so I've been eating these casein puddings lately, which oh, are okay. fantastic, by the way. Oh, nice. It's uh, just, you can, you can make these incredibly massive, like, bowls of, like, really low-calorie puddings, oh, yeah, basically, yeah. that are high in protein and low in calories. Oh, yeah. But, you yeah. know, I've been literally, like, questioning the label on the box. Like, is it really only as many calories as what it says? And, and you know, I've been considering like, okay, maybe I should switch to something which is like less amazing, but I've been eating that for a long time and I'm more confident that the calories are listed properly, which it's, it's unlikely that it's mislabeled because like casein protein, it has been on the market for so long. And I mean, it looks like casein, the texture is like casein, but man, what if they are loading it with a bunch of sugar that is not, you know, this close? Like I have seen things like this on YouTube, like oh, yeah. they lab test a certain food. Um, but man, if I was not tracking now, like I would be freaking second guessing myself all the time. Like it would be actually a lot more stressful. So at the end of the day, sustainable is what you feel is sustainable. It's not an objective thing like tracking or not tracking. So that's just 
something that people have to realize, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very, very interesting point. Um, so are these, are these casing puddings, are these new for you? Like, is the, is the volume of that meal like new or is it something you've been implementing for a while? It's new. So like what I've been eating, so I had have these protein puddings that I can buy and they're, the macros are pretty good. They're like 200 grams per box. Yeah. and uh, 150 calories for the whole box and 20 grams of protein so not bad yeah it's good but um but but for so if i'm eating two of those which is like 300 calories and 40 grams of protein for that amount of calories from this casein pudding thing i can have like three times the volume literally yeah so yeah, yeah. um and a lot of the time they'll 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 put if if they, if they do taste good and if they are quite voluminous, there's probably like gums in there like adaguar gum or xanthan gum or you know things that are going to thicken it up. And then if you are adding if you are adding like a lot of frozen fruit in there, you know if, if how how big is that meal like weight wise? Would you say it's like a kilo more? So yeah, like the bowl, it's it's like five hundred grams with all the water and everything. Yeah, wow. Okay, and that's including the fruit. No, no, the fruit is another eight hundred grams. Shit. <laughs> okay, so that, so that whole meal is over a kilo, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Plus, I actually have these, so I'm. It's really messed up, but I've been eating zucchini with it, so it's it's kind of I use it as a buffer for the fruit. So I kind of mix mix it in there, put some sweetener on top and some cinnamon. Yeah, and- yeah. Like the I don't I don't notice how tasteless shit the zucchini is that way, but it acts extra bulk. So actually, that meal, that meal is actually almost two kilos. Okay, well there you, there you go. And if, if that is like a new thing, that's I, I would say a lot of that a lot of that weight that you're feeling in the morning or seeing in the morning is definitely like gas or uh, gastrointestinal mass. You know what I mean? Or digestive things that are yeah. outside of the deficit. And yeah, that's a very good point. Like under like listening to your biofeedback and also you probably visually seeing that you are getting leaner as well and you've done this game before so you sort of just have that feeling of knowing that you are in a deficit and, and, and yeah if if you're now adding like a two kilo you know that's crazy man what about the rest of your meals how how, how heavy are they like what would you say your total volume for the for the day is like food wise have you have you done that i'm sure you have well uh i i have done that not with this one particularly but i can pretty much tell you real quickly so so i have that so that's like about like just under two kilos then i have my the next meal like two hours before bed or so that's like 400 grams of strawberries and another one of those bowls so that's like that's 900 grams and like 700 grams of zucchini so that's like a kilo and a half (laughs) so that's three that's three kilos and a half and then for lunch i have like it's like two cucumbers which is like 600 grams and like 200 grams of salmon so that's like 800 grams maybe like an extra tomato so like a kilo let's say and for so four kilos and a half so far and then for breakfast i have a cucumber usually and like 300 grams of like lower fat cottage cheese which is uh, 600 grams or so so about five kilos oh, man that, that is high volume dieting i respect that but yeah. uh, that's that's the thing <laughs> like that's that's a, that's a lot of like gastrointestinal mass i think i've also heard you say yeah. a while ago <laughs> like when you're when you when you're lean and I, I can attest to this too accepting another thing of being lean all the time and accepting it is you you are going to feel bloated a lot of the time or you're going to feel gassy like that just sort of comes with the territory yeah. like you can't just be you know, you can't just be no gas, no bloating, and not hungry because it just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, you just you have to either either be hungry or be bloated and gassy. You choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ba- basically, basically. <laughs> I so also true. thought of doing um, 
And but now, so like the the thing is that I'm honestly contemplating um, just ditching the casein stuff and and actually just going on kind of a like a lower carb, like yeah. more fat and and just mainly veggies. And honestly, part of it is um, like you get to a point where even if your meals are super high volume, yeah. like you have a lot of fun eating it and you will feel like satiated after that for a while, but it, you're still food focused. And on, honestly, at this point, I feel like it would be a lot easier if my meals were a lot blander and I was just not looking forward to them that much. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it would be a lot more of an, of an afterthought. So honestly, I think I'm gonna, for, for the next like few weeks, I'm just gonna be eating like, cucumbers, tomatoes, some like sardines, chicken, stuff like that. And um, yeah, just just forget about the whole thing for a while. Yeah, and very it's very nutrient dense too, which is cool. Like the fact that you're still eating a lot of healthy food in there, I think it's brilliant. I think a lot of people, they do try to get yeah. too savvy. You know, they, they do get very creative with like, you know, the, you know, the sort of stuff, the, the cookbook sort of recipes that people try to implement in to keep losing body fat and i think i think i heard i think i've also heard you say that you just don't have access to like a lot of those ingredients anyway so you yeah. you couldn't really make them if you wanted to but even still like <laughs> I, I think i think the approach that you're taking is, is very 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 sensible because a lot of those a lot of those recipes yeah they may be like sort of calorie friendly but well, yeah what are they doing sort of to your taste buds if you're getting used to that sweetness and if you're getting used to tasting certain foods like that all the time you are you are potentially depending on how you're wired that potentially can put you over the edge right and and then yeah you do become more food focused you do become on you do start looking at new recipes and you just try to you know what's the next recipe i can make from this cookbook and that sort of stuff which again is takes up a lot of mental bandwidth and you don't want to yeah. be doing that when you're trying to drop body fat so yeah it's um uh, one of my one of my commenters when I still had the group put it so nicely, where it was like a super simple thing, like nothing that you and I don't know, but I, I just sometimes like it when someone can put some like relatively, co not not complicated, but something that we like to elaborate on and just puts it in one sentence and it's super simple. And he said, um, as a long-term strategy, eat satiating foods. As a short-term strategy, eat bland foods. And as a very short-term strategy, starve. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think exactly it's just so right. well put. I love that. Uh, so, so another thing. So, uh, pretty much, we are gonna get to none of the topics that I initially planned on discussing. But I think this discussion was really cool. Uh, just, just kind of one final thing I want to address with you is um, for you. So, the last time I got lean. So, actually, two things about my last diet. Um, Actually, did you ever see, because like it didn't end well, like I got really lean, but then I kind of went off the rails really fast and I completely understand why in retrospect I went off the rails, but uh, did you sort of see the writing on the wall as I was getting there? Because we talked a fair bit uh, around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think your, your approach was just, yeah, it was too drastic. Uh, no, I wouldn't say too drastic, but it was the whole you had that end date in mind and everything was geared towards that one day yeah and uh from yeah from the conversations that we were having like yeah you were becoming very it was, it was you were very food focused and very physique focused which is natural at that sort of point right to you know send be sending a lot of pictures and you know being obviously being proud of where you were but it was then putting it was putting all that on a on a pedestal you know what i mean for yourself because i, I know how proud you were i yeah. know how hard you worked for that 
but I think you giving it that power made it slip away really easily in some weird psychological way. I don't know. It's, you know, what one, one analogy or one quote that I heard that I don't know how it relates to it, but for some reason it clicks to me. You know, when, you know, when you have a, when you have a new puppy and you love that puppy so much that you hug it, you hug it as hard mm-hmm. as you possibly can and you kill it because you Lenny. love it so much, you know? And I feel this is that sort of what happened with that because I think you you had all maybe you had all these expectations that you thought that looking this way will get you all these new clients or it would get you this social status that you thought was like yeah now now I'm in or or you thought you would feel better once you got there or you you just were like maybe you thought you would look better I don't know maybe there were all these things that were like you thought that were, that was going to happen and they didn't really happen. And that just made you go, well, fuck this. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do this. This is just not. Yeah. What, that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that, but but it's it's mainly that, um, like the so then, like again, back to sustainability. So let's say sustainability. Let's just define it as an approach that allows you to get to whatever your goal is in a reasonable time frame. Now, realistically, my approach was not allowing me to do that. And I, so I, I have to pat myself on the back there because I was wide knuckling it. I, you know, I think if I had less willpower at the time, I would have given up long before I actually got there, but I didn't give up. So I was plowing through a very unsustainable approach. And um, I, honestly, at one point, I had a very reasonable mindset about the whole thing. And I, I think I had the right intentions and the right perspective, but I was pushing myself through so much shit by the end of it that I just gradually lost sight of all of that because my physical and mental state was just not allowing me to retain any semblance of rationality. And so I was just a different person by the time I got there. And um, a, a lot of things factored into it. So. Uh, as we talked about, like I, I would say that seventy percent of my struggles were down to sleep. Honestly, like um, your sleep, your sleep doesn't have to be great. It doesn't even have to be good, but it has to be at least okay on average. You can have some shitty nights here and there, but man, the amount of sleep deprivation and like caffeine addiction that I had at the time, it was it was unhuman or inhuman. It's like no. No person should be going through what I went through then. Um, and honestly, um, looking back, so it was a very rough period after that. Like I, I felt like I was a fraud. I felt like I let myself down. I felt like I even left my followers down. But honestly, looking back, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me, which is often the case with really shitty periods because, man, did it teach me a lesson. You know, it's um, anything I do now with this diet I, I really clearly remember everything still that happened then. And whenever I see a pattern that reminds me of what I did then, I immediately change it. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not going down that route. It's, it's like, I, I just can't. Like, I would rather not get as lean, but no. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you, that, that's how you learn from failure. Yeah. No, I think that's brilliant. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, you're completely right. You have to you have to go to the extreme to know what the extreme is. So I think it was a fantastic, yeah. fantastic learning curve. 
and now you can you can probably find a much better strategy to get somewhere close and again know know your own biofeedback and you could probably start recognizing the the signs a lot earlier on going okay i'm noticing my sleep starting to go i'm noticing i'm getting more food focused okay i have a decision here i can either keep going and potentially worsen these symptoms i can try to rectify these these symptoms and see if i can go even further or I can just sit here for a little bit because I think, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, uh, I, I, to be fair, like I, I don't think diet breaks do much in, with regards to like fat loss. You know what I mean? Like I think they're very overblown to be fair. I think they can be good strategies for people in like long contest preps and whatnot. But I think one, I wouldn't even call it a diet break, but I would say if you got to that sort of level where symptoms are starting to sort of kick in a little bit and just hang there, but not for like two weeks, hang there for like a month or get get used to sort of being in that place just for a while. And, and then maybe, this is again, this is theoretical, I have no evidence to prove this, but maybe you spend four, six, eight weeks there staying relatively similar with your, with your nutrition, with your training, and then maybe those symptoms improve. You know what I mean? So maybe the sleep gets better, your food focus comes down, you get more comfortable being at this certain level, and then you go for another little stint if you have the patience for it. Do you know what I mean? And But then again, like if you have no, like I need to be lean for this day, I think that can be a very, very useful strategy because you don't have that stress or that pressure of this end date where you do have to do unsustainable things. You know what I mean? So if you if you have, if it's something for yourself, if it's just like an experiment, this is for anyone listening. I think there's a lot of viability there and just practicing maintenance or just practicing being at a certain percentage for a while you don't always have to be cutting you know you don't always have to be losing and losing and losing uh, especially if like long-term leanness is your goal like get get comfortable when things start to get a little bit rocky or just stay there for a bit like you don't have to keep pushing and grinding not all the time sometimes you do but i think in your specific situation based on what you've done before I think that could be a really good approach. You know, once things, you get to a certain leanness and then you're like, okay, things are getting a little bit harder, but I think I want to, I might just sustain here for a little bit and maintain it. And then once the symptoms come down a little bit, try again. I don't know. Could be a good experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think there's definitely value in that. Um, what I've been actually doing so far is, um, so I, I didn't have diet breaks, but I did have like diet break days, basically. So uh, yeah. once yeah. a week, I... Once a week, I basically go out with uh, my girlfriend. We we eat out, and basically, I kind of just live as as normal on yeah. that day. So I'm I'm not, and I, I don't don't like have a calorie target for that day. I'm just like trying to stay reasonable, and um, probably at the end of the day, my calories come down to around maintenance or maybe slightly above. But it's it's like a really good like practice run. Like okay, like this is how like a flexible eating out day would be if I was just maintaining. And um, yeah, that's brilliant. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you know, like who cares? So I'm not gonna lose that 100 grams of fat today. Only tomorrow. Like who cares? So it's um, I think there's a lot of. Uh, I think that can be something cool for people to try. Um, so one one last thing before we wrap up that I wanted to bring up with you is uh, the whole body fat percentage estimation just just for fun. Um, so I don't know if you've seen my Instagram post that I made. So I got a DEXA uh, this week. Um, yeah, how'd you go? Uh, well, so I don't know if you've seen pictures of me recently, but um, yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It came out at twenty three point point eight percent body fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not twenty three percent, bro. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, did yeah. it really? It did. It did, man. Um, I, I was I was honestly not. 
So I, I honestly wanted to test the machine more so than myself because like I've seen such crazy yeah, things yeah. on Dexos before. So I was wondering, like like from what you told me, like your Dexa actually seems pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I've seen like shredded guys getting fat results. I also seen like Kino Buddy has the the kindest Dexa in yeah. history, probably yeah. like. It always comes out for him at like six, five, six percent body fat. So I was curious, like, okay, which one is it gonna be like? So I literally had like no reaction to it, like mentally or like inward or outward. I just got got the results. I thanked and I left. <laughs> like, um, no, nah, that's good. That's a great way to approach it because it doesn't mean anything, man. Like, yeah, I just I just did it because it was right at the end of my thing, and I was just like, well, may as well just get like some sort of number on it or whatever it was. Even though because back then I probably put a bit more validity in there, maybe because I had a bias because it was a good number for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> again like i i don't i don't think it means shit because i know that I've, I've scored lower than some people who i know were who were leaner than me um i've seen people yeah like yeah kino body's one like yeah he's never been like dicey dicey shredded like ever sorry but um and and, and yeah like he's yeah <laughs> he's yeah his dex is very very friendly to him so but it, i think it all comes down to the machine and where you are 100 percent. and this is why it just doesn't have the same validity um but one one freak that i've seen recently pop up is that little tristan lee like that's ridiculous oh like, yeah he's he's a legit like one and a half five for sure for sure that's a that's freaky that is freaky um so but yeah no you're definitely not 23 percent, bro um <laughs> so i would I'll, I'll, that machine is doesn't sound like a proper machine whatsoever <laughs> it was not calibrated correctly but 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 did you also have this so like what what i'm noticing now which i also noticed on my previous diet is that so my midsection i used to think that i have like the worst body fat distribution in the world but now i'm noticing that it's actually probably pretty good because my midsection comes out pretty decent just like you know i mean honestly it didn't look that much different compared to how it's looking now even like you know two months ago and then i get to a point where my midsection basically looks the same and then my body weight just keeps going down and down and down. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then like probably I'm losing fat from everywhere else, which I normally just don't look. Um, yeah. Do you notice things like this on yourself that like body weight keeps going down and like in a lot of ways you don't notice yourself getting leaner? Um, well, because I've sort of stayed at the same very similar body weight for, for a while. Um I know what you mean. Though. I've seen that with clients, though. I have seen that when yeah, I think I think Eric Helms has also touched on this before. Like he, what what did he say? He said like his quads were the last place to get to get lean, but then on the on the way up, or something, yeah, yeah. he would he started putting body fat on at different at different places, and his legs would stay relatively lean on the way up, but his other areas would start to fatten up a bit more. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe. You, I wouldn't say the distribution's changed. Maybe just more aware of it. Maybe our body fat-focused social media thing is just making us way more, I don't know, in tune or not in tune. I'll just say super hyper-focused on body fat that we think that there's some like weird thing happening when we're on the way down. Uh, I, I personally haven't experienced it, to be fair. like um, for, for me, it's always been um, sort of quads and hamstrings are the last place to go. Um, but... Yeah, no, nah, don't really have an answer for you there, man. I, I personally think you, you you probably also have a lot more muscle mass on you now too. I think that can skew things as well because you know if you if you have if you have more muscle mass yeah. on you, things are things are going to look better at a higher body fat percentage too. So I don't know, it's a good yeah, question. Man. But yeah, I think it's probably just you not noticing areas because even when we're going back and forth, 
Like you, you, you I, I, I remember the lower body was just non-existent for you. Like it's like you didn't even consider lower body fat at all. Remember that? Whether because you yeah. were always, you were always yeah. judging people's physiques just on their upper body, or you're maybe potentially judging yours on, yeah. your, on your upper body as well. And then I was like, no, nah, bro, your legs count too, you know. <laughs> and you know, if you're not if you're not like pinching your hamstrings every day, it's very you may be losing body fat for your hamstrings and your lower back or upper back. But you don't see those things in the mirror. Like all you all you see is the abs. And I've actually had a few clients get really, really concerned about this because they're um they're losing they're losing weight on the scale. Um the and the waist measurement is going uh, the waist measurement's staying the same. And I don't know, I know it sounds really simple to us, but they get really confused. They're like, What what why am I losing weight? But my waist is the same. What's going on? You're you're just losing fat from other areas that you, you probably don't care about, but it's happening. So just just relax. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so is that your go-to method there, like waist measurement, or do you like to caliper, uh, like have them get calipers, or what? What do you like to do with your clients? Uh no, no. Um, well, because um, again, like I do with a lot of a lot of gen pop people, and I don't, I don't really recommend calipers. I think there's still like a bit of error there. Um, but I, I do, I do, I do waist measurement. I do scale weight, and I do just pictures. And, and yes, I know there is variance in waist measurement too. So. Again, like no matter what method you pick, there's always going to be something that you that's not going to be 100% accurate. But again, we just I, I take their their weight, their waist measurement, and their pictures all into consideration, and then obviously their biofeedback too, and just get like a, a good overall picture of how their progress is tracking. And we just, I, I found for myself that those metrics seem to work really well, and it just takes away the whole body fat percentage thing that people a lot of people just cannot they don't understand these these percentages and all this stuff are just estimates so I, 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 people always try to send me there you know when they, they step on that scale and the scale at home gives them their body fat and <laughs> they're like oh what do you think of this i'm like oh please don't just just use the scale for your body weight <laughs> don't worry about the body fat thing please so yeah, that's all i use what about you do you use calipers do you so I've been recommending uh, digital calipers, uh, like some more inexpensive ones that are easier to get. Although I have to say that they are harder and harder to come by. Like they just disappeared from like Amazon and a lot of these places. So usually we end up just using waist measurements and um, and scale and pictures. But the calipers would be great in principle. The problem is that, again, you ideally you would take like a four or even like a nine site measurement because again you lose fat at different places so i definitely see myself getting leaner but on my stomach the caliper readings have been the same for a while now for example but probably if i tracked like i don't know did my subscapular thigh you know kidney like a lot of these these areas then i would see it going down but but i just didn't so it's it even that can be a mind fuck so probably like even freaking scale and pictures could suffice especially during a diet when you know it's not unreasonable to see like every one or two weeks some visual changes so yeah yeah i'll definitely recommend that man for sure yeah because yeah everything else can I don't know, everything else can be very wishy-washy as well, and you can get into your own head. It's um, so Especially if you don't have someone like, overlooking it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, what do you think about the interaction of antidepressants and the COVID vaccines? Just kidding. That's not going to be a good question. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks so much for this discussion. We didn't quite get to basically anything that I originally planned on talking about, but I think it was much cooler, actually. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate you uh, making an exception for me for coming on a podcast. So, uh, and I think... Uh, always, always for you. <laughs> and and I think uh, we, yeah, we deliver some really cool combo for people and some really good value that you, you shared here. So thank you so much. So yeah, just to mention where people can find out about you, services, work, anything like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a coach with uh, R&T Fitness at the moment. So any queries about coaching and whatnot, um, well, our, our intakes are a little bit full at the moment. Um, I have no, I have a social media. I don't use it very, very, I'm very sort of reluctant with all that sort of stuff. But um, if you go on the R&T Fitness page, you can see a lot of the, the client work that I do and the testimonials that are up on there. And you'll be able to get a good gist of the sort of work I do there. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, and since his intake forms are full, you can reach out to my coaching in the meantime. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend Abel as well. I recommend Abel. So go, definitely go with him. Thank you, brother. All right, sir. Again, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure talking to you. Always, man. Thank you.